Hey everyone, this is a bonus episode of the Prepper Website Podcast. This is an audio version of Prepper Website Live. I hope you enjoy it. Hey everyone, I wanted to talk a little bit about internet safety and uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about internet safety, but I'm going to talk about a, a lot of other things as well. So it's just kind of grouped. Uh, that big topic is internet safety. I'm going to talk about a, a bunch of other subtopics here. So um, as we know, there is a lot of weirdness that goes on for those who are a little bit more preparedness-minded, self-reliant-minded. Uh, we experienced, uh, those of us who were like over at Parlor. we experienced Parlor completely being shut down earlier in the year. And it was a, like a coordinated attack by a bunch of other big techs that did not like it. And uh, people realized that you know, Facebook is not the place to be and uh, Google is not the place to be and Twitter and YouTube and all those other ones. So people are going over to MeWe, they're going over to Gab, they're going over to all these other social media places. Uh, we hear about others springing up and they're, uh, you know, they're, they're wanting to have a little bit more privacy. And not only that, they want to be sure that what they talk about is going to, they can talk about it without it being shut down. Um, that's one of the problems with having a Facebook group or a Facebook page is you start talking about certain items, um, you'll get blocked and you'll get, uh, you know, uh, even your, your Facebook page can be taken away and just completely shut down. And we've seen that that has happened before in the past. So uh, I think it's kind of ironic that I am streaming over on Facebook talking about all of this, but uh, the platform is still open for me to be able to do that. And the group is still open for me to do that. So I'm going to be doing it. So I wanted to share with you uh, just a couple of ideas that I, that um, and things that I'm doing for myself to help me to be a little bit safer. And one of the guys that I follow is uh, is Rob Brax and uh, or Braxman, and uh, I follow him. I've even just recently shared out one of his videos on uh, on Prepper website, and uh, really great stuff. Uh, he, he puts out a lot of great information. But uh, when he started talking about browser isolation, <clears throat> I thought that was pretty interesting. And so the idea about browser um, isolation, and I have a link for you in the comment section. You can go check all this out. Um, the idea behind browser isolation is that you use certain browsers for certain things. So uh, when you use one browser, let's just say the Google Chrome browser, and you sign into that, and you start using that for everything, and for the for many many years, that's all I used was Google Chrome, and it was very easy. I mean, everything was right there, and uh, I had my browser I mean, exactly the way I want it. But we know that they are tracking you on on many things. In fact, the um, the video that I posted on Prepper website talks a little bit about this, and it's very interesting. So you want to go over to prepperwebsite.com and look for that that uh, that video. So um, Rob talks about browser isolation, and so he says you should use certain browsers for certain things. So, for instance, if you are going to be doing a Google search you want to be using Google Chrome because Google Chrome or, you know, owns or Chrome is owned by Google. And so you might want to use that. Um, and that's all you use it for. So if you're going to Google search, you Google search in Chrome. You don't go search 
uh, Google in another browser. That would be kind of defeating the purpose because every time you do a search, then with your IP addresses and uh, all the information that they're grabbing, that they're creating that profile on you. So you have that Google, uh, you know, you're searching in Google Chrome. Uh, also, if you're looking up YouTube and you're signing into YouTube, well, then you might want to use the Chrome browser because you are using, you know, YouTube is a is owned by Google. And so, you know, they're again, it's all that information that they're grabbing. Um, I use my, my Google Chrome. So, for instance, you saw that uh, just now that I am using Google Chrome. I am broadcasting on Facebook. So I use my Google Chrome for Facebook and some of the social medias, uh, like you know, like Twitter and uh, some of those uh, some of those social medias. So um, I don't use them for all the social medias, but I use uh, for definitely for Facebook and and for Twitter. I use Google Chrome. But then you would just, that's all you would use it for. You wouldn't go and use your other web browsers for other things. And so one of the other, one of the ones that I'm using on a regular basis is the Brave browser. And I use that one that is really, uh, you know, tuned down for, for privacy and security. And I'm using that for everything that, you know, everything else that I do. But I'm also using Firefox as well for other certain things. So think about, all the places that you go to. So maybe you use the Chrome browser for using Google search and YouTube and some social medias. Maybe you use Firefox for uh, maybe online banking. Maybe you use Brave for everything else. And uh, when you search on Brave, you're using like DuckDuckGo, something along those lines. You're not using Google or you're using something like Mojiks. And uh, that's something that... Um, I wanted to share with you here. So I'm going to go ahead and bring up the Brave browser and I'll talk a little bit about this here in just a minute. But, um, well, I don't have Mojiks up. I thought I had Mojiks up. All right. Sorry about that. So Mojik, it's a M-O-J-E-E-K. That is a browser that is not based on any of the other information that Google uh, Google has. So like um, DuckDuckGo still uses some of the search uh, criteria that Google uses, they just don't track you. But Mojik is a completely, it's on its own, uh, stands on its own search engine. And uh, you'll find that you get way different results if you use Mojik versus, uh, versus DuckDuckGo versus um, Google. So I, a lot of the times I will, I can search from home you know, on Google and I'll get one set of results. But if I'm at work, on a different computer, you know, maybe not signed into the same account that I am over here, then I'm going to get different results over there. And so there's a there's a bunch of good browsers that you can use. There's a lot of browsers out there, but again, uh, Google Chrome, uh, Firefox, and then using the Brave browser, and then you just kind of departmentalize everything that you're doing and uh, all the places that you're going online, and you're not you're not creating a, a complete profile in one place on one browser. You're, you're, you're breaking it all up. There, it's not a complete profile of who you are. And I think that's important. He, and Rob talks a lot about fingerprinting and uh, you know the, the way that they track you and all that good stuff. So again, I highly recommend his 
Um, his channel, I'm going to talk a little bit about his channel, uh, not on YouTube. You can go to YouTube. If you're a big YouTube person, you can go to YouTube and, and you can hit it there. But uh, I'm going to be talking a little bit about Odyssey here in just a minute. So um, one of the things that I stopped using as well is YouTube. I used to always post the videos that I do for, uh, for proper website. I used to post the videos that I do for church, my devotional that I do uh, on the week and then the Sunday message on YouTube. And I used to be very faithful about doing that. But just knowing how they operate it just really bugged me, and I started looking for other alternatives. Um, I looked at Rumble. I just really didn't like the way Rumble did things, and it just really didn't work for me. But it is a place where you could upload and feel a little bit more comfortable leaving your stuff there. If you were just looking for places where people could could find your material, or in my cases, a lot of the times, I'm linking out from that video. So I could definitely use that. But I started looking around and I found uh, one called Odyssey. Now, uh, Odyssey and Library, they're, they're the, the same thing. They are owned or they're actually on the blockchain. I've talked about this on the podcast before. So they are on blockchain, which means it's decentralized and it cannot be taken down. So one of the problems with YouTube is we know that people can put up uh, put up a, uh, a video and they can take it down really, really quickly. Well, on Odyssey, because it's on the blockchain, it's decentralized, it's there. And and I thought that that was probably one of the things that I really wanted to focus on, one of the things that I really wanted to do. So I am here on my site. This is Prepper website over at odyssey.com. And again, I have links for all of these that you can go check this out. But the cool thing about being on the blockchain is you can also earn cryptocurrency. Uh, you can earn cryptocurrency for uh, sharing out videos, for you know, uploading videos, but you can also uh, create or make crypto by just watching them. You're not going to make a lot, but if you're going to watch videos anyway, why not earn a little bit and it'll just kind of uh, uh, you know stack up or you can support those people that are on. So like if you came over to Prepper website or you liked one of Rob's videos, you could easily, um, you know, support them, give them a little bit of crypto, you know, that you have earned from watching videos. So at first, when I first got on Odyssey, I was a little concerned about um, all the, you know, it, what am I going to find there? Am I going to find other preppers on there? Am I going to find other, you know, is it just like certain people that are on there? And I was quite uh, excited to find that there's a lot of people on there. So Rob, like I said, Rob has his on uh, on Odyssey as well. And he'll say, if you go to YouTube and you watch him on YouTube, he says, I am posting all my videos on Odyssey just in case I get shut down. So I'm pretty surprised he hasn't been shut down with all the things that he's talked about. But he has a, a great channel over there. He's got a lot of followers, 48,000. Of course, he's got a lot more on YouTube. But he's got a lot of uh, followers here. And so, um, I, uh, like I said, you can come over and you can follow him. Other people that uh, you would know in the preparedness community that are on Odyssey, uh, like Jack Spirko, he's over there. You know, the Survival Podcast is there. Chris Martinson from Peak Prosperity, he's over there uh, on Odyssey. The Angry Prepper is uh, is over, over there. MD Creekmore. Now, I'll tell you, one of the things about Odyssey is if you are creating on YouTube, they allow you to sync your YouTube over 
with Odyssey. So all the videos that I had in the past, Odyssey just kind of brought them over, kind of like just sucked them into Odyssey. And uh, I thought that was really cool about that. So uh, a lot, some of these guys will be talking about their YouTube channel, but it's because it's coming into Odyssey. But the thing is, is you don't have to go to YouTube to watch it. You can come over here to Odyssey and do it. So the Canadian Prepper is over on, uh, on um, Odyssey as well. And so is the Urban Prepper. So uh, they've got so many, so many great um, uh, channels. And there's more. There's a lot more. that uh, These are just some that I am following and some that, uh, that I, I wanted to share out with you just to let you know that there are plenty there. And so, uh, like I said, I'd love for you to come follow me over on Odyssey. I have a link in the description uh, of this, uh, you know, of this presentation where you can come over and you can follow me. And actually, uh, if you register for Odyssey, it helps me out. It gives me a little bit of a boost. And uh, so definitely that is something that you want to uh, want to do if you're trying to get away and be a little bit more safe about what you're watching again everything that you watch everything that you click on well one of the things you don't know about facebook you you might not know i've talked about it before on my podcast is that when you every click every uh group everything that you've ever owned uh you've ever seen you've ever shared it's all recorded in facebook so for instance one day i went to go look at all my history and even groups that I didn't want to be a part of anymore that I left. There's still a record of that there, groups that you left. And I thought that was pretty interesting, you know, because think about it. Facebook has been around for a very, very long time. And let's just say that you followed some really shady groups or pages early on. And then you realize, hey, this isn't for me. And so you you unlike them or you, you stopped following them or you left the group. But Facebook still has that aspect of it. You know, they still have that, that uh, history that you were there inside of that. So I think that's kind of disturbing. Um, some people have left Facebook. One of the things that I have chosen to do is not leave Facebook and not to leave any of the social medias that I'm a part of. And the reason that I've uh, chosen not to do that <clears throat> is because when you leave, you're still part of Facebook. So people have left Facebook and they've they then they've reactivated their account and everything is still there. Nothing is, is deleted. It doesn't get like wiped out or anything like that. So I'd rather be in charge of it. Uh, I'd rather be there and, and be in charge of it and not just sitting there. So that's one reason why I haven't left Facebook. Plus, I am using it to share the gospel uh, and to, uh, you know, I've got some projects for uh, in the preparedness community coming up and I'm going to be sharing that everywhere that I can because I think more and more people need to be prepared. So I've got some things in the works that are coming up. And so I am just using it to get the message out there wherever I can get it, wherever it can go. So uh, until the day that they decide to finally say, okay, all, you know, everybody who is in preparedness or, uh, you know, self-reliant minded, everybody who is a Christian, everybody who, you know, is, is wiped out. And so uh, if you ever come and, and you can't get to uh, any of the content there, you know that uh, they've uh, taken me down. They've they've wiped it all out. The other thing that I want to talk about when you when you think about internet safety is your passwords. You need to be be careful about your passwords. And you know there are still people out there that use 
pad the word password for their password or they or they use like one two three four five for their password and you really need to have um uh, get away from that somebody that um, that we actually brought into my school district to talk about internet safety and uh, he is you know like a cybersecurity expert talked about one of the best things to do is to have a, a phrase not to have a word not to have like a word and, and numbers but to actually have a phrase and he said if you're worried about remembering that phrase then do a part of a song, you know, one of your favorite songs or whatever. Um, and so let that be uh, your password. And so, you know, you can kind of use it there. But the other thing is use a, a password keeper, something along those lines. So like LastPass was something that I have used in the past. Um, I, I started hearing that they were going to start charging. So I moved to, uh, to another one. But, I mean, you can look at Bitwarden. That is one that would be available as well. It's free and you can use that for your password manager and it just makes it so much easier. You're remembering one password and you don't have to remember all the other ones that you're creating. Um, and if you're if you're like me and you've been on the Internet for a little while, you have, you have um, all different kinds of passwords all over the place and you just want to you know be careful and not uh, uh, not use the same ones over and over and over again all right so one of the other things that I wanted to talk about here and uh, I was really excited about this is I've always you know so not only am I like de-googling and trying and when I say uh, like I'm not using Google anymore really you know I'm using Google for search I'm using Chrome if I'm doing a Google search, which that's very rare nowadays, or if I'm going to YouTube, I'm using Chrome, or if I'm going to Facebook or Twitter, I'm using Chrome. Um, but I tried to de-Google from almost everything. And, uh, you know, there's other products that I was using and I was uh, I'm just not using them anymore um, because I just don't like that idea. I'm really trying not to even use Microsoft products, uh, actually. I'm trying to use more of the... Um, you know, of uh, the ones that are open source, the ones that are a little bit more geared towards privacy and security and um, trying to do that. So one of the things that um, really got on my nerves is that uh, it's like there's just really only uh, a couple of different operating systems that are just really user friendly. So, of course, you have Microsoft Windows. Most people do that. I mean, that's what I'm on right now. Um, then you have uh, Apple, you know, they've got uh, they've got the OS there and they've got Safari Chrome or Safari browser and all that kind of stuff. I don't I'm not an Apple guy. So uh, I had an Apple 2E growing up and that was the, the last Apple product that I touched. And, um, you know, anyway, that, that I touched personally that that I owned. So then um, one of the things that I always did as well was Google Chrome. So uh, Chromebooks. And I loved Chromebooks when they came out, and I thought that they were a great deal. They were so fast. So the when you, whenever you have a Chromebook and you open it up, it boots up almost immediately compared to a Windows machine that is boot, booting up and taking forever. The problem with Chromebooks, they're, they're own, it's, it's the Chrome OS, right? So you have that. Um, and so that's the biggest problem there. The other problem is that they have an end of uh, life. So they only are around for five or six years and then they don't get updates any longer from Chrome. And that really bothered me uh, because 
I have I have a couple of Chromebooks that got to the end of life, and I got a little message that says, "Hey, you're we're not we're, you're not going to get any more updates. So no more security patches, no more anything like that. It's like you can continue using it, but you know you're on your own. So if there's uh, any kind of hack or whatever, you know some kind of thing, you're not going to be protected from that. And it really truly bothered me because I didn't want to. And yeah, I, I'm I'm a little bit more secure. I want to be secure. So anyway, one of the things that I started looking for is how can I continue to use this Chromebook? And then how can I continue to use some of the other older computers that I have and use those for internet safety and, and privacy? Now, I had bought a computer, a laptop a while back, and it, it was just a, a really cheap uh, Windows machine. I, I bought it on Woot. If you've never gone to Woot, it's pretty cool. W-O-O-T.com. Uh, I learned about it when I was in graduate school. A couple of guys, they would always go to it every single day. And now it's changed a whole lot. But basically, they have uh, one one thing that they sell at just a very discounted price. So one day I picked up a, a Windows laptop and I realized it wasn't going to meet my needs because it was super slow. But I gave it to my son when he was going to college to finish up. Well, you finished up college and, and you know, he started, you know, teaching in, in the workforce. So I asked for it back. He gave it back to me because I wanted to see if I could do anything with it. So one of the things that I, I found was uh, there's Linux distribution. So that's another OS that's out there. The problem with Linux is, is that if you're not into Linux and you don't want to learn how to do all the, the commands and things like that, there's, there's just a higher entry into it. It's a little bit safer. Um, it is open source. There are many different types of uh, Linux distributions out there. So um, you can really get some really cool things out there if you're willing to learn. But I just didn't have time and dealing with all the things that I was dealing with. But I finally came across one that I thought was really cool. And it's called Zorin. And I wanted just I took some screenshots from Zorin and I just wanted to show it to you. So this is what Zorin looks like. You can see it looks like uh, just a regular desktop, you know? Um, it has, uh, you can see my icons on the bottom there. You can see that I'm connected to wireless. You can see the time, you can see all that kind of stuff. Um, you can see if you click on you know the bottom left icon it almost looks like windows where it, it brings up that little box and it, the interface where you can click on all the different uh, activities and the different things that you have there and uh, it just works really well it also has um software that's already installed or easy and that's part of the problem with some of the other linux distributions is that you would have to download repositories and you would have to go through all of that kind of stuff and and uh, again if if you're not as techie you might have a little bit more of a problem well this one has an interface that makes it really easy for you um, you can just download all these uh different um different soft pieces of software that are there and it's just like this interface it's almost kind of like uh, the Google Play Store or the the Apple Store where you can just kind of search for something and bring it down and so I thought that was truly truly great and so Zorin I wanted to show you this you can go download it for free um, you don't have to pay for it or anything like that um, I'm gonna I'm bringing that up for you so you can see where I'm going. So going over to Zorin, 
zoranos.com. Uh, it's just a very sleek um, Linux just distribution, uh, and you can download um, the distribution from from this website. And so it is free. You can download it if you want a pro version, which really just gives you a little bit more. You do not need it because I've been running without the pro version. Um, it just works really really well. Um, if system requirements, look at this. CPU, one gigahertz dual core, 64-bit processor, two gigs of RAM, 10 gigabytes of um, storage, or 20 for the ultimate. And that's not that's the pro version right there. Um, and then the display is 800 by 600. You don't have to have a very fast uh, laptop to run this at all. Of course, the faster your laptop, the, the, the better it's going to run. But then um, if you needed something even smaller than that, you can run Zorin OS Lite, 700 megahertz, single core, 512 megabytes of RAM, eight, eight gigabytes of storage. That's all that's needed. So when you download this, you're going to download an ISO file. And so you're going to need to know this is not, if you have a, a, a Windows machine and you're trying to turn that into a, a Linux distribution or you're wanting to run uh, Zorin on it, it's not very hard at all. All these links are, are there for you. But you need to have an ISO file uh, burned onto a USB. And so, uh, again, when you download from Zorin, it is going to, you're going to download an ISO file. And then this uh, this guide just walks you through how to do it, how to burn an ISO file. Um, the IO, ISO file, um, to burn it to a USB, you need something like Rufus. And this is like the easiest um, ISO um, piece of software that I've ever uh, used before. And they walk you through how to use it and all that good stuff. Uh, I burned Zorin into you know the ISO file using Rufus. Uh, I used a... I'm going to go ahead and switch here. Hold on a second. Because I'm, and so here's, uh, this is part of the deal where I am switching to a different browser because well, when I go to Amazon, I go to Amazon with a, di a different, uh, when I, at least when I'm using and showing uh, stuff from my affiliate. So here's the Samsung Fit Plus, and this is a very low profile USB and this is what I use. So it's uh, 128 gigs and it's only $23. It's got almost 19,000 reviews and 4.5 stars. It, uh, it it works really, really well. And so what I did is I loaded Zorin onto, onto that and ran it into my uh, my Windows machine. And so you can do that first, just trying it out to see what you think and, and what it's going to, what it's going to do. When I first did it, I, uh, I used it for, uh, I wanted to see if Zoom would go on there because I use Zoom for so many different things for work. I use Zoom for, uh, even the exclusive proper website group. Um, we meet every, you know, once every other, every other Tuesday night. And so um, I wanted to see if I could run Zoom on there, and I could. It booted up. It used the the, the camera. It used the microphone. Um, everything worked so well. I was able to get on Wi-Fi very easily and all of that. And so I think that if you have an older laptop or you're concerned about 
uh, security. If you're, you know, you want to be a little bit more safe, uh, safer, you don't want to be running Microsoft Windows or, or Google Chrome. Um, I think this is a great alternative. And so um, I, I did it on my Windows device and that was super, super easy. And then I went to the challenge of doing it on my Chromebook. My like, can I run my Chromebook? Because I had two Chromebooks that were end of life that didn't, you know, that were just there. They were perfectly good Chromebooks. Um, I just didn't want to run them because they weren't getting any updates. And so the battery was working, everything was working. And I'm like, can I run Zorin on this? So I decided to, I, I hard installed Zorin on my Windows. So I had the USB. So I started looking into it and I found a guide on how to do uh, a Chromebook, how to load uh, an ISO on a Chromebook. And it was, uh, you know, it's a little bit more technical. Um, it wasn't as easy as doing the Windows machine, but it wasn't super hard. If you can follow the guide to do it, you can easily do it. And so uh, this is the you know, how to install Linux on an Acer Chromebook 15. And um, basically it's the same thing. You got to you know do it into developer mode and all that kind of stuff. So one of the issues with Chromebooks one of the things that they do is they put a safety mechanism in there so that you can't just override the OS and, and completely wipe out your hard drive. So that was one of the big things that drove me nuts. And so uh, finding that, so what you have to do if you have a Chromebook is you have to open it up. Now, there are videos all over YouTube or Odyssey, you know, on how to your different version of your Chromebook. Every version is going to be a little bit different. But there is, you remember when uh, you we had cassette tapes, those of us who can remember cassette tapes, and you would take off that little, like if you if you had a cassette tape and you made a mixtape or something, you could take off that little plastic thing at the top and uh, you it would never be recorded over. And then if you wanted to record over that one, you would put a piece of scotch tape or something like that over it to do that. This is kind of the same idea. So this is my Chromebook uh, that you're seeing on the screen. And there is a screw. So you see this orange circle. There is a screw right in there that is causing uh, the connection here to continue on and to and continue happening, right? And so what you need to do to be able to override the hard drive is to remove that screw. So you see on my right hand screen over here, that screw is removed. Once you do that, then you're able to override the hard drive and you're able to, you know, to do whatever you needed to do. So I hard installed um, Zorin on my Chromebook. And I got to tell you, it's super fast. It works super well. Um, I was able to, um, it, the native browser on Zorin is Chromium, which is, it's not Google Chrome, but it's uh, Google Chrome is based on Chromium, but I didn't even want to use that. But I was able to download the Brave browser. So you, you saw that on uh, on my um, when I showed that on my screen, you can see that I have the Brave browser down there, and I also have Firefox there as well. So I can use both of those. And there's also another browser. You don't see it here, but it's in um, in the uh, 
you know, in, 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 in there, it's installed on there. So I can just call it up and I can use that if I needed to. So there's, you know, tons of browsers that you can use and you can, you can do the same thing that I was talking about before, uh, on Zorin as well. So if you know anybody who has an old Chromebook that's end of life and you're like, Hey, is there, you know, can, are you doing anything with it? Let me have it. You know, let me, let me play around with it because the one, when I hard installed it on there, I mean, my, my battery still works. Everything works, you know, and it was just sitting there collecting dust for probably over a year. And then uh, it came back to life when I was able to uh, install Zorin on there. So, uh, you know, that you always have that option. And if you're just using it, you know, Chromebooks are pretty much, you can do other things with it, but you're pretty much just searching the, the internet and you're on the internet and, and stuff like that. Uh, if that's all you're doing, then Zorin is the perfect thing for you to be able to uh, put that onto your Chromebook or on your Windows device. If you have a Windows device that, uh, you know, is, is decent, a little bit, better than those uh, system requirements that we that I showed you just a little while ago, then you're going to be super fast. It's going to be fine and uh, you'll be able to run. And so, um, you know, that's what I have. That's what I have for you on staying safe and having different options out there. There are so many things out there for you um, that you can be a part of that uh, that will help you and uh, be a little bit safer online. And so just with a little bit of uh, effort, you can make sure that you are safe and you're not giving all your information away. All right. So guys, thanks so much for hanging out with me and uh, uh, on this internet safety and uh, search engine and all that other kind of stuff, all that uh, information that I shared with you. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Well, everyone, thanks so much for checking out this bonus episode. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com, where we have tons of preparedness, self-reliant, alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading articles just for you. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 hand-picked preparedness articles that you should read. Many of these you can't find on the internet any longer. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.